Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Yo, what is up? It is your boy, Johnny Mags, back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am joined, as always, with... Daniel Garcia. And we are back in Halo Haven's headquarters here in Riverside, California. We got the curator in the house today, too, so... Uh, you guys Two in a row. I know, that's crazy. What's, what's wrong with the curator? Um, He's getting but, ready for baseball season, that's what's up. Yeah, spring training right around the corner, if you guys... He shows up for game time. Right. If you guys listened to last week's podcast, you guys should know that we are headed to spring training, and you guys know the date, so we look March, forward to uh, seeing you guys yeah. out there, hopefully. March 15th through the 17th, uh, we already got a couple of people emailing us and, and, and saying that they're going to be out there, so we're looking forward to that. But yeah, March 15th through the 17th, it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so um, if you're in town, let us know. Yeah, and then uh, we're going to, we'll start, we'll let you guys know what, what, you know, where we'll be at exactly and all that when yeah. we finalize everything. But the um, best way, yeah, the best way. And if you don't already, make sure you follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Halo underscore Haven. Um, we'll definitely be posting stuff, you know, probably on the right out. And then once we get there for sure, posting stuff where we're going to be at and, and all that stuff. So make sure you guys uh, follow us on there. Yeah. Cause we'll know for sure. We'll finalize everything and, and all that good stuff. And then. You know, we'll probably be at well, we'll for sure be out there before the game time, before one of the games, and and we'll we'll love to meet and greet with you guys. So anyway, let's get into it, man. Uh, Last podcast, uh, we talked about pretty much, you know, what was happening up until that point, and you know, slightly after the podcast, the Angels did make a move that I guess you can call. I wouldn't say major, but it solidifies the bullpen, especially the back end. It gives us a closer. The Angels went out and signed for agent. Closer from the Indians, Cody Allen, to a one-year, $8.5 million deal. That includes incentives, just like the deal that the Angels gave Matt Harvey and, and Trevor Cahill. Um, the deal, again, $8.5 million. Cody Allen is a legit closer. He had a rough season last year. 2017, he saved 27 games, but he had a 4.70 ERA. For the most part, there was a, a stat out there. I don't know if you saw it, Daniel. I think you're the one that sent it to me, actually. His... Two or three worst games is what made his. If you take those two or three worst games, I think his ERA was something like two high two. Yeah, twos exactly. Or something like that. He had three really bad games where he got just absolutely rocked, and you take them away, and like you said, he he um, his ERA is sub three. Um, right. So uh, he has. I mean, he has a great track record, and that's why this guy was thought to be um, going into last year. Oh, he's gonna have a great year again because mm-hmm. he's had previous years, and he's gonna clean up in free agency. But because of the down year, mm-hmm. um, now you know questions start peaking up because he is going to be 30 next season so again when that that 30 year old is kind of the um borderline you know once you're over 30 people start having um second guessing it and don't know whether or not um it's peaked is he on his way down but yeah one year like you said 8.5 million uh 2 million in incentives if he hits a certain amount of games finished um he'll get that but 
I mean, he had over 30 saves from 2015 to 2017. So yeah. um, definitely capable, able to do uh, the closing job, and you're going to need that uh, since Middleton's going to be out until probably July, July, August, somewhere around there. Yeah, and his career, in his career, guys, including the, the you know last season where he had a 4.70 ERA, he had 149 saves, which is a Cleveland Indians record, and he has an ERA of 2.98. So in his career, he's under three for, you know, his career. So this guy's a legit closer. He solidifies the back end of the bullpen for the Angels. And then that only makes the Angels' bullpen stronger. Obviously, you everyone else kind of bumps, I guess, down or bumps up an inning, I guess you can say that. So Definitely adds some, some good depth. Yeah, I mean, and going back and looking at his numbers, I know this is you know postseason, so the Angels have to get there first. But yeah. if you look at his, his run in the what was it, 2016 um, playoffs when they went to the World Series, I mean, he pitched four games in the ALCS and four games in the World Series, and all eight of those games didn't get a single run. So he's definitely, definitely capable of performing when he needs to perform, and and you hope that in his mind he he knows he needs to back. Uh, uh, bounce back year and he does that uh, for the angels in, in that closing spot that the, you know his bad season last year could be the angels uh upside for the angels could be a good thing for the angels that's, i mean that's kind of what the angels season it seems like is going to be based on these guys that maybe underperformed the year the year before or coming back from certain maybe injuries or something like that um and the angels hoping for them to bounce back to what they were the years previous and if that all i mean you talk about Harvey Cahill, um, now uh, Allen. Like if you get those guys that can bounce back, even Calhoun to a point because mm, yeah. if he if he can continues that second yeah. from the second half, um, to- all, huge all, difference. Yeah, all these things if these pieces come together, they can make a serious run. And, and for anyone that watches baseball throughout the years, it's not necessarily about a single player carrying a team. It's about you know a single good player contributing, but also. Um, being able to get uh, contributions from other players and 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 making a serious run that way, and I think the Angels can do it if everyone stays healthy and, and kind of has that bounce back year. Absolutely, and again, guys, Cody. I mean, people were clamoring about up until the point where we got Cody Allen. People were just like, "Why haven't the Angels gone to close? Why haven't the Angels gone to close?" And all I kept hearing was, "They need to go get Kimbrough. They need to go get Kimbrough." And I'm honestly, I'm happy they didn't go out and get a guy like Kimbrough, and they went out and got a guy like Allen because Kimbrough. He's gonna a, demand high high money for a lot of years. Yeah, he's a, he's he's, he's gonna, gonna there. be a multi year guy. And, and he's I'm, he's and, gonna get older. Right, yeah. He's gonna be what, thirty three, thirty four by the end of his contract? Right. Do we want a thirty four year old closer getting paid about ten to eleven million per year, maybe even more per year? Exactly. I don't want yeah. that on the down end down end of his career. Another hour Pujols contract. That's that's the biggest that's a big thing. You gotta be able to be, not only spend money, people want the team just to spend money just but because yeah. just because but you got to be able to spend smart money you got to know when that smart money is, is going to be useful um you know maybe keeping guys in house more so than going out and, and getting the big free agent name <clears throat> yeah you know everyone talking about Keiko and all that stuff why spend on that now when next year you know you're looking forward to next you're looking ahead to next year and you're seeing these guys well this, this guy's younger I might as well you know save my money this year and go after that guy next year so you guys just need to it's not just about going out and getting a guy just because his name is Dallas Keiko or, or Craig Kimbrough. It's, Jason. Yeah, Hendricks. Anyway, another <laughs> deal that happened, and that actually happened today. Uh, the Angels, again, um, just adding more bullpen depth. They picked up a guy, um, Daniel Hudson from the Dodgers. They agreed on a $1.5 million deal with another $1.5 million possible you know, on per- performance bonuses. So I think this is just a depth move, but it's an, it's another yeah. move to solidify the bullpen. Yeah, and, and I think you might see, and we have a question about it later, so I won't get too far into it. Um, 
But yeah, it's just a depth to kind of see, hey, if he does great, then great, bring him up because this is a minor league deal, so it's not necessarily anything that's um, going to impact the sixty ma- or the forty man roster or even um, you know the guys that are up with the major league team. So that's something that is kind of just nice to know, but nothing to yeah. really and get if he, excited about. If he can make the team and he can be a valuable valuable asset, hey, the Angels spent. Three million dollars on him. Right. That's nothing. Yeah. It's a one year deal. You're done at with him after the year. If you, you know, wash your hands. Clean. Another yeah, another one year deal. And it makes sense right now. I mean, you know, not locking up these guys for big deals, you know, when you know, they'll have money to spend and hopefully they'll spend it right next year. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Moving on from that, I think that's pretty much all the moves the Angels yeah. made so far, right? Yeah, I mean Cody Allen obviously is the big name. <laughs> um you might see another couple moves I think come in the future, but we'll get to that later. But yeah, that's the big big news player wise since last time we talked cool let's let's keep it moving every we're gonna move this uh portion of our show up right now because we got something for you guys and we'll get into it soon here but let's go to the poll question daniel take it over yeah so the poll question this this month i guess is because um, for people that don't know on twitter halo underscore haven post a poll question before every podcast so once we go weekly it'll be a weekly poll question or even just a question in general um, so this one, cause me and my wife, um, went to, uh, angels moving day before they took off for spring training and just kind of seeing what people thought about it. I put a question up saying, um, you know, did people enjoy moving day? And, and, you know, a lot of people actually didn't go, which I was surprised cause it looked like the turnout was pretty, pretty good. Um, but 17% of people said yes, 10 people said no. And then the majority, the rest of it said they didn't go. But from what I experienced, it was actually pretty cool. You had Fletcher. You had uh, Middleton was probably the big name that was there signing with Noy Ramirez. You had the, the traditional yard sale. You had um, able to go through the store. The store had sales and everything like that. Um, it was all in front of the uh, front of the big gate under the hats. You know, So that was pretty interesting. And for people that – and Chris went to – the one last year, and it's almost exactly the same. I went the year in, in, yeah. I went the year before. Yeah, so it's almost exactly the same. And some people I've seen, some people talking about how, you know, so-and-so teams do it better, <clears throat> so-and-so teams do it this way and that way. But And I don't know, because I guess the Dodgers have a big, like, fan fest. I, I don't know. Do they do anything? Maybe Chris knows because his uncle is a big Dodger fan. Do they do anything in the middle of the year, like the Fiesta? the Angels, Fiesta like, Angels. like the well, Fiesta Angels do? Or The Angels used to have a fan fest every year. Right. I think they stopped in, like, I want to say 20, 2010, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then they started doing this moving sale thing and then adding mm-hmm. a Fiesta. Fiesta. So that's later. what I'm saying. Do, do the Dodgers have anything in the middle of the year, or is it just the fan fest in the beginning? Yeah, I'm not aware of them doing anything in the middle of the year, but their fan fest at the beginning of the year, which they just had a few weeks ago, right. it's all on the field. It's a bigger production. Right. But they have a lot of uh, players out there signing, but they charge for like autograph right. ticket lines that you don't know. When you buy a ticket and line up in a line, you don't know who's going to pop out. Yeah. Kind of like the Fiesta. That's what I'm saying. But, but the you're Fiesta's paying. Free, though. But you might see like a bigger star come out. Right. Like, well, you know, like, the Fiesta, and that's what I'm saying. The Fiesta, you had signatures. I mean, there was one year they had Rock Crew out there signing. Yeah, he popped out. He popped nowhere. out. Um, I mean, you have like, you know, the Chuck Finleys and, and, and uh, Mark Langston was there last year. But then also, too, the good thing about the Fiesta last year was um, you had Cole, you had Trout, and you had Richard uh, Garrett. On stage being interviewed by Trent yeah. Rush, so that yeah. was a cool little thing. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you combine the two, I think it's it's cool that the Angels do something like that because I yeah. don't think any of the other teams. Because yeah, I, 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 I think the, the Brewers are the same way, where they have a bunch of 
players there, but yeah. you get quite a bit of players and coaches and and you know quote unquote angel legends um, at the <clears throat> Fiesta, and I think that's the that's the main one. I think they yeah. focus on. I think the moving day is just something cool. Let's just get rid of our all our old uh, bobbleheads and stuff like that, make room and stuff because that stuff yeah. was flying off off the well, you know the off angels the, shelf. the angels fan fest in years before they had legit. I don't know if Chris remembers going um, to the fan fest before, but they had legit players there. I mean, I remember. Going and taking my picture with Tim Salmon and Bartolo Colon. I think there's a picture even with my brother and I with Vladimir Guerrero. And so, I don't know. I mean, I don't... I mean, they've had good guys the last couple of years there. Like, they had Cole one year and stuff like that signed. I mean, I mean, you're talking starters. I mean, you're, obviously Trout and Otani aren't going to yeah, be there, but yeah. Well, even a few years back, if you remember, they actually had the real Rally Monkey signing. <laughs> at one of those fan fest, and so he was running with a little sharpie marker. Obviously, each, like obviously each each uh, signature was different. Yeah, exactly. But way it. Yeah. I'm all, but I'm still thinking in my head, like, how cool would it? That's got to be the rarest autograph there Dude, is. That would freak me out. Like, I'd, ha- I'd rather have that than Trout. Just all a day. random ass monkey running around and if with you, a and sharpie. If, and if you're not aware of what he's there for, you're saying, "Okay, who the hell brought the monkey?" Like, yeah, yeah that's going to tag that my face with it or what? Yeah, but, you know, that is that's the autograph I want. <laughs> so yeah, that was a poll question. We're going to uh, again before our March one, the week before we post or we do the podcast, we will post another question on Halo underscore Haven. Um, get notifications, you know. As soon as we post it, uh, you'll get a notification saying that's up and, and, and vote. But um, we try to do this every week. Um, post a Monday before the podcast. Yeah, so you guys just check it out on the Twitter and Instagram. We, we always post it, man, just before we... Twitter machine. Yeah, before we actually, you know... Uh, Daniel's the one that usually thinks of the question. It's not always Angels related either. It could no. be something totally different that concerns baseball. baseball. Yeah. yeah. So moving on from that, the Angels... Uh, unveiled or revealed who their non-roster invitees are this season and it's not necessarily you know um guys that you know i mean some of them are you know they could be free agents stuff but for the majority of the time the angels you know non-roster invitees are guys who are in the minor league systems you know this year the angels uh six pitchers miguel almonte uh one guy who we're i think i can speak for you on this one griffin canning is a guy who we're excited to see Alex Meyer, obviously, we know about him. He right, was he was, team. yeah, he was released and then re-signed <clears throat> as a minor league contract. So again, he's not on the forty-man roster. All these non-roster invitees <clears throat> for people that don't um, know how this works is that the forty-man roster is automatically um, practicing with the big league team, right? At spring training, they're at the big league field, field right? Um, and then you can, as as an organization, pick you know a handful of people that are, are players that are not on the forty-man roster and bring them up <clears throat> to practice. Uh, with the big league team while all the other ones go down to the minor league fields, the lower fields, and stuff like that. Right. So these are the guys that are not on the 40-man roster right now. Um, who, are, who pretty much the team wants to see. Exactly, against yeah. against big league um, opposition. I right. mean, you want to see some of these guys that you know might be a Joe Adele that is you know, 20, 21 years old and see how he's going to do against yeah. major league pitching now. And, Get him and, and, used to Right, exactly. And, these guys are more likely – I mean, there's kind of two ways to look at it. They're either guys that are holding on and trying to get that one last um, minor league uh, appearance like, like a, a Peter Borges mm-hmm. or like Eric Young Jr. in the, in the years past. <clears throat> yeah. And then there's the young guys that are coming up trying to get experience. So like right. Matt Theis, the Jemai Jones, right. the Griffin Canning. So you have a mixture of a little bit of both um, in, the, in the invitees. Right. So six pitchers, Alex Meyer, um, Miguel Monte, Griffin Canning, Alex Meyer, Matt Ramsey – Jeremy Rhodes, Forrest Snow, and Jared Walsh. Jared Walsh is a guy that we've we've he's a we've heard his name before. 
Um, five catchers: Dustin Garneau, Jack Kruger, who was with Inland Empire, he was in Inland Empire, and finished the yeah. season with Double A. So we've uh, seen him. Julian Leon, exactly another guy. He finished who, with Single A. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kiner Pena and Roberto Pena. So there you go. Infielders: Jamai Jones. Jamai we've Jones. interviewed him on the show. Matt Thies, who's probably the most. I think he needs to have a great year yeah. this year because. He's. I think I saw a story where he's like 24, 25, and he has yet to to yeah. break in the major leagues yet. So this kind of is going to be a make or break season, I believe, for him. Right. Uh, the other infielder is Wilfredo Tovar, and in the Angels outfielders, I mean, obviously the guy that everyone wants to see, Joe Adele, Peter uh, Borges. Oh, sorry, uh, Joe Adele. My wife just perked right? up. Uh, Brennan Lund, Peter Borges, Jarrett Parker. Cesar Pueyo, and this guy right here that we interviewed for the show this week. Uh, we interviewed him last week, actually, but, you know, um, before the Super Bowl. We interviewed him before yeah. the Super Bowl. And he was with Inland Empire, one of the top Angels prospects, one of the top 100 prospects in Major League Baseball. And it's Brandon Marsh. Brandon, uh, we got to see him in Inland Empire. We had interviews with him before. We always had great interaction with Brandon. We reached out to him. He's a super cool guy. And we were like, hey, we'd love to have you on the show, interview you before you head out to spring training. Congratulations on making, you know, getting on the uh, on non-roster invitee list. And he was super awesome. And he said, yeah, man, I'll jump on the show. And we conducted an interview with him. Yeah, it, it was crazy. To, and for people that don't know, he's a Georgia boy. He's from Georgia. He's in Georgia right now. So um, there's a little bit of a time difference. And because of our schedule and getting off work, you know, we get off work at like 5 o'clock. And it's already eight o'clock down there. So for him, the fact that uh, to take the time out and and do the interview, you know, super late for him was was awesome. And, and um, had a lot of fun doing it. And you know, you kind of hope you see him at Inland Empire this coming year. But at the same time, you kind of hope you don't. And he gets that promotion to Double A coming out of camp. So um, we'll see. And we can't wait to also see him at Tempe. But uh, here's the interview John and I did. Uh, with- all right, we are here with Brandon Marsh, the number three prospect in the Angels organization, top 100 in Major League Baseball, going on his third year of third season of pro baseball, just 21 years old. He spent last season with Burlington and the Inland Empire. Brandon, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Cool, man. So let's get into it. Daniel? Yeah, um, so, you know, kind of like what John was saying, you just finished up your first full season of uh, Major League Baseball, and then how do you feel that season went in your eyes? I feel like they were good times and bad times. Probably like everyone had to feel. Um, but uh, it was made a lot, a lot more new friendships. Uh, it was a lot more competition than the year before. Uh, it was a way to change up for anything. It was a fun year. I had a great time. Like I said, some good times, some bad times. I mean, everyone's got to go through the bad times at some point just to base adversity and see how you can come out of it. So it was fun. I enjoyed it. Awesome. So last season was your first season playing over 100 games, 127 to be exact. How was that grind for you, Brandon? Uh, it was good for me coming from high school and only playing about 40 games my first year at rookie ball. Uh, definitely took a toll on my body towards the end. Uh, I just had to fight through it. You know, eat healthier and, uh, just recover my body better and it was it was a big change for me that I'm gonna take in, into this year uh, it was it, it was new I had, it was uh, there was a big struggle for me getting through it uh, around August right. so uh, hoping that I hit that point this year so just so I can just be on, on my on my a game as, as much as I possibly could 
Now, now going from kind of like you said, you're beat up at the end of the season. What did you do at the end of it to at the end of the season, the off season to kind of um, unwind and, and maybe get away from baseball for a little bit? What what helped you get away from baseball? Well, what did you do? Like, what did you do after like the season's over? You go back home. You know, did you take a vacation? Did you just hang out for you know a couple months? Like, what did you do once you got home and and this, after the season was over? I got home. Um, I went to I went to Instructs for eleven days. Uh, just uh, focused on my swing, um, and I got home after that, and I took a solid three three and a half weeks off, just of relaxing, not doing anything. Forgetting about my diet for this, <laughs> you know, just just enjoying some me time for the first time in a long time. Uh, but once that once that ended, we we keep the rent back up. I did take a vacation to Italy though. I'll throw that. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. What uh, going to Italy? Was there something there um, you were looking forward to seeing that was you know maybe better in person than you thought originally? Everything there was ten times more than I could imagine. It was it was amazing. The food, the the, the the views it was the culture it was amazing uh, yeah it was very fun trip went with three of the guys uh, so it was it was a fun trip how how different uh, was the food the Italian American food as opposed to the real Italian food well I was expecting the like like the OG pizza spot uh, I forget <laughs> what it was called where pizza like was first like made created um, yeah it was, uh, I was, I was expecting it to be like a, a super, like super overcharged just for a slice of pizza, but it was only like six bucks for a whole, whole, whole pizza. Wow. <laughs> and the pizza was 10 times better than it was here. Yeah, so go figure. It was, it was just a win-win. So yeah, it was, yeah, like I said, everything was just 10 times better than, than how I expected it to be. Right on, right on. So to kind of piggyback off of Daniel's question, I mean, what preparations are you taking or did you take to get ready for 2019? You know, I've, I focused a lot on my swing this offseason. Last offseason, I was kind of, I went into this, I went into spring training a little blind. So just not knowing what to do, how to prepare myself for a full year. So I just kind of did what I thought was right. But this year, uh, the coordinators, they had me doing uh doing a lot uh, a lot of different things good things with my swing so um it's it's a change that i'm looking forward to seeing happen and it's uh i feel like it's going to be for the better of myself and it's uh it's it's been good i've done a lot of the same things defensively defensive with my field work and with throwing with my arm it's uh those have been the same so i just the only the only change that i've done is so kind of going back to the beginning of the se- or the you know last season being your first full season uh, one of our uh, listeners on the podcast wanted to ask in your eyes what um, what was something that you did very in your eyes very well or very good in uh, during the season uh, very well I would I would always say the, the best part of my game is when, when, I, when I'm out on the field uh, when I'm playing defense so I feel like that's where I can separate myself from uh, from players uh, that I take a lot of pride in my in the defensive aspect of the game. So I feel like this year with, with whether it's either putting people out or saving a run here and there or 
cutting off the ball before it gets to the before it gets to the track. Uh, I take a lot of pride in that. So I'd have to say the defensive aspects of my game is is what I had was what I think was the most successful this past year. Right on. So with um, with the influx of, uh, of great young players, the Angels have in the system, you know, including yourself. Um, how exciting is it for you to look at where the organization is going to be in the next two or three years? Or do you even look that far ahead? I personally, believe it or not, I don't. I don't look that far ahead. Uh, just because I'll just, it'll, it'll mess with me. I don't know. Other people can be different. It'll, it'll mess with, with, with myself just because I just... I just blowed my head up with all these thoughts, and then I'll report to the field the next day, and I'll go over six or six. Right now. So <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely. I, I would be lying to you if I said I haven't thought about it before, but right. I try to keep it off my mind. Uh, it's, it could, it could be a very, a very fun future for a lot of the young prospects in the Angels organization and a lot of other players as well. Um, you kind of, kind of going with what John was saying about the future. You know, around this time, you get a bunch of. Um, magazines, websites, all come out with their top 100 prospects list. And, you know, if you've shown up on a couple of them, do you look at those lists? Do you kind of try to ignore it and, and just let it be what it is? Or, or do you take some kind of pride in that also? I will, I will never go out of my way to look at them. Uh, if a lot of times is when someone will send it to me or congratulate me, and that's when I'll get a link from them or whomever and I'll click on it I'll look at it and I mean yeah it's it's awesome to see your name on lists like that with a lot of other phenomenal players but I mean from what I remember I'm somewhere in the 90s so it's I saw a lot a lot more a lot a lot of ways to go so uh, yeah I try to I, I try to stay away from all of that but it comes my way I'll take a peek at it <laughs> that's awesome no um we have another listener that kind of wrote in. I'm paraphrasing what he said, and it's shout-out to Lamar, who sent this email, and he wanted to know. Uh, and I guess I guess this has to do kind of with what you mentioned earlier, but he asked, um, what have you learned about yourself as a player uh, after your first full, like, 127 games playing this long of a season? What have you learned about yourself as, as, a, as a pro professional baseball player? When I, when, I, when I first stepped into professional baseball, I... I had a lot of doubts with myself, um, whether I'm going to keep up with the competition. It's not going to be like high school anymore. I don't even know what college is like, so I don't know where I'm going to fit in. If I'm going to be a decent, good, great, below average, average player, I don't, I don't know that. But I feel like I could. I feel like I've kept up for the most part in a lot of aspects of the game with a lot of other players. So. Um, it's, yeah, basically, yes. <laughs> so, you know, news came out, I think it was a week ago or so, that you um, got invited to Big League Camp for spring training. How did you find out that, that news? How did you, uh, and what was your reaction? Uh, so, I got a phone call uh, from a staff member in the Angels organization. I actually missed the phone call. <laughs> so, uh, that, that was a good comment from the guy who called me. So, uh, <laughs> Gave him a call back and uh, got the news. Uh, I was with a few people. And it was it was it was pretty cool. I, I mean, I was I wasn't expecting it. Uh, in my mind, I thought I was somewhat deserving of it, even though I was just 
we had big heads and stuff like that. <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, it was, it was an amazing call. It was just a quick phone call, and uh, it was eye-opening just to, for myself. It just showed that he, the angels are going to put me up there with the, uh, with the big dogs, so just for a little bit. And uh, just I'm just going to go up there, have fun, meet some new guys, uh, show what I can do, learn, be a sponge, and absorb from the best. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, you kind of answered my next question. I mean, I, you know, you being so young, you know, obviously you turned some heads getting called up to uh, Major League Camp. Um, but uh, how excited are you to kind of get along there with Mike Trout and, and guys like Justin Upton, those veteran guys that can – you know, that can teach you a thing or two. How, how excited are you uh, with that? Yeah, man, I mean, it's mind-blowing just guys that, I mean, I've been fans of when Upton came through, came through Atlanta. I mean, it was just things like that. Now I'm going to be able to do a little work with them and learn from those guys who I've looked up to. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I'm hoping there's going to be more experiences to come, but I'm super excited, man. It's it's going to be it's going to be a heck of a spring training for sure. With all the guys that got invited to spring training and everything like that, have you sat back and thought at all that there's a, a possibility uh, that you could be playing a spring training game and then you look at the outfield, it's yourself, uh, Joe Adele, and then Mike Trout uh, in the outfield playing a game? Yeah, that, I mean... There's, there might be there might be a little occasion where that happens. Uh, um, it doesn't. It honestly it doesn't matter to me. Uh, it'll it'll be super cool if that were to happen. Just look over to my right or left and see those two guys. So I mean, uh, to answer your question, I I have thought about it. <laughs> yeah, so, it's kind of hard not to. Yeah, that's for sure. It's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to, but. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with the flow, man, and uh, I'm just gonna have fun with whatever, wherever, whenever they they put me. When, so, when is your report date? Do you know your report date yet for spring training? Uh, if I recall right, it is uh, our physicals are the 17th of February. Okay, so that's okay. like right around the corner. Yeah, so I'll be there. be there a week and a half before just to. Use the time change stuff like that. Yeah, so. exactly. Have you have you kept in contact with Joe and 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 you know some of your teammates that are headed out that way? Yeah, I was just I was just talking to Joe uh, the other day uh, on Facetime. Yeah, so it was uh, I've been keeping up with him mostly. Everyone that I've came across the last two years of pro ball that are with us with the Angels. So uh, yeah, yeah, try to keep up with everyone. So. So, you know, just we kind of talked to you before at the stadium and, and we kind of got your music taste. So coming into the next season, what is a possibility walk-up song that you want to be playing when you uh, come up to bat? Okay, so I'm going to change it up this year. Okay. Uh, I have three choices. I'm going to give you two of them. Okay. okay. So one of them is either going to be Jersey, My Future, Okay. Featuring Drake collab album. Okay. Uh, and the other one is going to be Cameras by Drake on his Take Care album. Okay. okay. There you go. And then that that third that third uh, wild card, you're going to keep that a secret just in case you choose it. Well, that one's going to come out when I'm struggling a little bit. Oh. So, oh. so it's going to be a slump buster. 
Is it Slump Buster? Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna bring me back. I got you. Okay. Well, okay. Br- well, Brandon, I hope you never have to play that song. Yeah, again. exactly. That's fine to say. That's a good strategy. I like that. Yeah. All right, man. We 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 want to thank you for taking time out and, and just chatting with us, and you being in Georgia. We know there's a big time difference, so thank you. And uh, you know, there's something going down in Georgia this weekend that's pretty big. I guess we've heard, and uh, so we're wondering, who do you got on the game on Sunday? Really bad. <laughs> I already know where he's going. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm not a Rams fan. I'm not a Patriots fan. I probably should be a little bit of a Rams fan. But um, I, uh, I just, I want Brady to just get another one, man. And I'm not a Brady fan. So, it wouldn't, I'll tell, I'll tell you this. I wouldn't be upset if either, either team won. But if I had to go 51-49%, I'd give the 51 to the Patriots. Just, okay. I mean, just their experience, one of the best coaches in the game, one of the best QBs. Ram, Rams have all this young and upcoming talent that's pretty pretty dang good and could easily win him a Super Bowl right now. So, But I just want to see Brady get him that one more just to have the most of all time. So. Awesome. No, that's good. That's a good reason why, especially if you don't have a, a dog in the fight, you can, yeah. uh, you know, that's a good yeah. reason why. The Tom Brady advantage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's the way I look at it. I want to, that's why, like, with, Le, I know this is off topic, but, like, with, Le, with LeBron and MJ, I want LeBron to go down as, like, the greatest. Right. Because he's from my, my era. Your my generation. generation yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't watching all the Marinos, the eighth men, so I was watching Brady, so yeah. I, like, I was watching the run, so that's, that's what I'm saying. That, make, that, makes, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. No, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, dude. I want to I wanna, I wanna be like, I want to I wanna be able to say, like, yeah, he was from my time. Yeah. Was, and you've seen him play, yeah. He was the dude I watched, so I, I, I want those people to go down as the, the greatest, so. Yeah, you, you've touched on something really, like, that I've always, people have always asked me, man, what's your top, like, center fielder of all time and and and, er- and everyone gets mad at me when i don't pick willie mays but i'm like i can't say willie mays because i never saw him play so my answer is always ken griffey jr so you know what i mean so everyone has their i get exactly what you're saying saying you nailed it on the on the head dude yeah that's that's what i look at as well so yeah. all right man that's awesome uh, thank you very much for joining us and and we'll definitely have to try to see you at tempe when we go down for spring training yeah for sure that's all good man Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it.
This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we are back. Thanks to all our sponsors. Without them, none of this would be possible. All the gear, equipment, and everything that we have to make this show uh, possible. It's through GroomGroom.com. And, uh, of course, you know, um, www.epicradiotv. And then, of course, uh, Alley Cat SoCal. So, anyway, I want to thank Brandon Marsh for the interview. Cool guy, as you can see. Um, Just a really relaxed yet uh, hardworking kid. The time he spent in Inland Empire and the time we spent with him there. It just shows that the kid, you know, he's... And I like, too, when you start talking about, like, his walk-up music, you can tell that he kind of had that excitement, like, yeah, okay, yeah. cool, like, this is what I'm thinking. It, when you start talking, and that's why, like, when you start talking to some of these guys about stuff away from the actual game, they kind of get more excited. They kind of get, like, a little more loosened, loosened up by it. They're not right. so, like, oh, this is what I got to say. This is what I got to do. Right. So right. That, that was a cool little insight yeah, to what his and, thoughts were. And Brandon Marsh, uh, to a lot of people who don't know his name, maybe not might not know because of Joe Adele and Jemai Jones and Griffin Canning, a lot of scouts predict Brandon Marsh to be a better hitter than like a Jemai Jones or even a more polished hitter than Joe Adele right, right. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows. a kid. He's a left-handed hitter. Um, just saying. a real natural. Right, right, right field. Yeah. He's lefty for Right. Lefty. Switch him out. No, a real natural. You can just tell him. And, and I like his answer, too, about this defense. How he, took, he takes yeah, pride takes into his pride defense, in and that's cool to know that. Um, and it showed, too. There's a couple games I went to in, in uh, Inland Empire, and he gunned a guy mm-hmm. down trying to uh, stretch a, a double into a triple. And, right. and, and he had a great arm, great accuracy, and was able to throw him out. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, hopefully more interviews coming. Uh, hopefully I talk to Trent Rush at the moving day and hopefully we'll get him in a couple weeks when he comes back from spring training. Absolutely. Cool. So moving on to another segment of our show with a lot of people, a lot of our listeners, they're pretty excited about it. And, and, and I'm excited about it because it's actually happening two times in a row, right? And so, so rare, very rare. So you guys are, should be like honored Bigfoot right now. Rare. Uh, but no, uh, segment of the show that you guys all love and clamor for. It is another edition of the Curator's Chronicles. This is the Curator here with another edition of the Curator's Chronicles. Uh, making it two in a row after a long absence. The Curator, I'm going to refer to myself in third person here, has been off uh, focusing on a vintage baseball league with uh, Johnny Mags. Uh, the Riverside Smudge Pots at Riverside Smudge Pots on Instagram. Shameless plug there. There you go. Um, but uh, we're so working on curating that league. But getting ready for spring training. And uh, spring training is probably one of my favorite times of the year. And today's... Uh, Angel's History Fact actually has to do with spring training. So this comes from a book by John Snyder called The Angel's Journal. But um, it's not this day, but kind of like this month. And as I, I mean, it's like we do monthly podcasts. Right? You might, might as well do the, the this so, month in Angel's so Baseball. So that's what so we're going to do. Good. Let's roll with it. Bear with me. But February 23rd, 1993, the Angels opened their new spring training headquarters in Tempe, Arizona. What year was the that? New what year was that? 1993. Oh, wow. In Tempe, Arizona. The club had trained in Palm Springs, California since 1961 and at both Palm Springs and Mesa, Arizona from 1984 
through 1992. And I guess, you know, how awesome would it be if they still were in Palm Springs? Um, You know, after work, you get off like at three o'clock, still make it out there for like a night game. Right. And I I always uh, had fond memories as a kid being a fan of the Cal League, going to see the Riverside Red Wave play out at Palm Springs at that little stadium out there. Uh, It's still there. Um, went by there a few years back, took uh, some pictures out there, threw off the mound. Nolan Ryan threw off that mound, sat in that dugout. So um, it's pretty cool. And um, it's kind of funny now. The yeah. new Tempe Diablo yeah. Stadium. And, and it's funny. The Tempe, obviously, is some of the older ones because you go to Sloan or you go to um, – what's the one we went to where the – Reds and the I think was it Reds and Indians shared right that Goodyear one, or it's in Goodyear but I don't yeah. know I don't know the name of the stadium yeah, yeah. but anyways that's a really nice stadium too and these are all like these new ones popping up and stuff like that so, right I um, I ninety three was the first year we went out to Tempe too uh, for spring training my dad took us it was me my brother and my mom we went to spring training in Tempe brand new and I remember it's so weird because I you know we talk about Tempe Diablo and it's it's so like run down as now, opposed to you know everything the newer else. stadiums yeah and i just but i remember going and i don't even think i mean it's been so long but i don't even remember the practice fields being there in 93 i think it was just the stadium guys so, it might have been just the stadium yeah. and then they kind of it was just them. like i just remember the stadium in a like just empty like just grass not fields but the guys would run on that grass so I remember going ninety three, and I do remember going as a kid to Palm Springs. My dad would take us to spring training in Palm Springs, at least one or two games. Yeah, but we would go to the minor league baseball games and watch. Uh, I remember watching Fernando Valenzuela pitch for the Angels as he was making his he's going to make his Angels debut in like ninety two, and he pitched maybe two games in uh, Palm Springs, and we went there to watch him. So. A lot of legends passed through. Yeah. So Palm uh, Palm Springs Angels, uh, single A affiliate of the Angels, uh, they were actually there from '86 to '93. Um, some of the big time Angels that you you know some household names yes, passed through there. Uh, one household name, Pete Rose Jr. You remember that guy? <laughs> junior. <laughs> junior. 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 Yeah. And Dante Bichette, okay. J.T. Snow, Tim Salmon, Garrett Anderson, Troy Percival. And Jim Edmonds. And I remember when Jim Edmonds played there. And it was a cool little stadium. They had actually had a little, like, stand. And it sold baseball cards. Like a baseball card little stand. And you can like go down there. Shack, it was like a shack. Yeah. It's still there. You can go down to the bullpen. Like the little side bullpen you would throw as a kid. So that was fun. And, um, and going back to moving day, I think the coolest thing for moving day for me is to see that little old equipment box that was from 1961. That they still oh, yeah, load they still, on they, that old they, yeah. Dominion mm-hmm. truck. Yep. I think that's something that I I didn't know about years ago. And then I saw a picture one day. I'm like, wow, it's like the tradition that they cool. keep do every year. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. Cool. And I think the Angels kind of neglect their tradition in some ways. You know, we don't promote it maybe as much as like the Dodgers or something like that, Yankees. Wow. But like that tradition there, we don't have the as, as yeah. deep. Yeah. Um, you know. You know, tradition per se, but I just think that was a cool connection. So that's being, you know, that's there right now. And so as we approach spring training, um, you know, I, th- I actually like to be Diablo. So. No, I do too. I mean, it's, it's definitely a great stadium. And, and the, where the lower fields are located, it's always cool yeah. to go from the big stadium and walk down to the lower fields. And it's, little- it's cool because, like, when you're on the lower fields and you see, like, like when you're able to go and uh, Mike Trout is down there hitting the ball. It's so cool because you're standing off. It's just a fence is separating you. Well, yeah, from and, 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 and that's why I love too about 
this is spring training in general. Yeah. Is that you can go early in the morning and you can just sit wherever and watch mm-hmm. uh, pitchers take fielding practice or take or see outfielders taking pop fly. I mean, it's it's a legit yeah. practice and and you can just sit wherever you yeah. want it and see these guys go through an actual MLB spring training practice yeah. and not they don't they charge nothing just kind of come yeah. hang out sitting there hearing the glove hit the ball the ball hit the glove hearing well, the and ball. especially because at that point it's been so long since yeah. the last baseball game you're that you're willing to take anything jonesing yeah, yeah exactly I'll watch yeah. I'll watch I'll watch uh, just give me Albert, a little hit of it let me a little hit of it I'll, I'll watch Albert run gingerly down yeah. to first base this is the only time he's healthy all year why yeah. not right you know young uh, uh, yeah fresh leg Albert Pujols and, and late February early March I'll yeah. take it but uh yeah. All right. It's not well, in June. Well, Chris, uh, sign yourself off there, unless unless you have something else. No, that's all I have. I am wearing a Palm Springs Angels hat, by the way, and John has one too. Yeah, um, just not with him right now. Yeah, it's kind of hard to find the Palm Springs Angel hat. It's a really cool hat, but um, the Hat Club over in the Ontario Mills Mall. Um, it's probably one of the few places. Shout out. Hopefully, if, if anyone, the only if, place. If, if anyone from that the hat club's listening, um, we will take a sponsorship. And we you will could, be sponsored in hats. Yeah, but I say, and we'll take payment in hats. Or, or store or dis- credit. Yeah, discount or hats. something like that. I mean, we were so, open to uh, negotiation. Yeah, cool place. A lot of minor league, rare minor league, defunct teams, stuff yeah. like that. So, um, you know, John and I, um, a few other guys head over there. So, uh, Palm Springs Angels. <laughs> And that was another edition of the Curators Chronicles. Right, moving right along. Absolutely, give them a round of applause two times in a row. Only, yes. if, only if we had a live studio audience, then we can get actual applause. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, moving along, uh, let's answer some email questions. Uh, let's do it. And then you know, because a lot of our, our listeners they email us questions, and then you know we love to read them and stuff. So. Um, a lot of the times we actually answer the question before we actually read them, but it's, right, it's okay yeah, it's to kind of go backtrack and give you guys shout outs and we appreciate you guys. Um, first email comes from Lamar Washington, a guy who emails us frequently, actually. So what's up, guys? So do you guys think what do you guys think about the signing of Cody Allen? I feel that it's good. It's a good move. Stabilizes the back end of the bullpen, makes us stronger in the later innings, allowing key to come in later in the season without much pressure. What are your guys' thoughts? Um, Dan, you want to start yeah, on that Yeah, kind of like what we talked about earlier. When we first discussed um, the signing, you you are now in a position where you don't have to force Key in that closing position. When he does come back, you now you're going to be able to manage his um, his innings coming off of Tommy John surgery a lot, lot easier now than you would have previously. But then also, too, you have um, a lot of the younger guys, whether it's Buttry or Anderson, those guys can now be your – like you said, eighth and seventh yeah. um, inning guys, and you don't have to worry about putting those, not necessarily rookies, but very young players in those kind of positions. Yeah, yeah no, like 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 you just mentioned, I had mentioned before, it doesn't picking up Cody Allen just doesn't help us in the eighth and the ninth inning. It helps helps us in the seventh, eighth, and ninth because you're able to slide in a Justin Anderson in the seventh inning. Actually, you're able to slide in a guy like a Justin Anderson, a, a Buttery. Um, into situations where I need him to pitch right now, no matter if it's a sixth, seventh, or eighth inning, because any of those guys can fill that role. And then you go into Cody Allen to finish the game and stabilizing, actually closing the back end of the bullpen. So 
I, lo- I I mentioned it before. I thought it was a great move. I'd rather have Allen than a Kimbrough because of the, the money and the cheaper. year situation. Yeah, definitely cheaper. Yeah. So moving along from that, we got Duncan Healy, our favorite Alaskan. Is that a word? I, I, we're, we're making it, it now. now. Yeah, it is now. Our favorite Alaskan. He said, hello there, guys. <clears throat> Not much happening in Angels Land, huh? So I'll ask this question. Who is your favorite all-time angel who people may not remember or who wasn't a team legend or household name? He also said, oh, and it was great to hear the curator again. And he was back for a second time, too. He said, it actually froze over here in Alaska. Uh (laughs) Can't wait till the season starts. (laughs) Is that what, hell freezing over? Is that a joke for that? The vortex. So it was the curator's uh, chronicles that created the vortex. That's why it's been so cold here in Riverside. I mean, I'm waking up and there's ice on my windshield. Yeah, snow, like uh, Leprechaun Jason would say. He said there was snow on his cars. (laughs) Um, You want to go first, Dan? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you'll probably have a bigger reach or bigger understanding of this but i guess if you want to say i don't know if he's he's not a legend per se but i think he's kind of underrated i think and you've said his name a couple of times and i don't think i'm taking i might be um sean figgins okay i think is one of those guys where angel fans know who he is he's definitely not a I love sean he's definitely not a mlb household name by any means um i think He's underrated by his versatility and able to play a bunch of different positions. Offensively, he wasn't terrible. I think he, I think people have this misconceived notion of him being like just he can't hit or he's not oh, a great man. He had some really yeah, good seasons. Exactly. So I think if you're going to talk about like kind of like an underrated non-household name, um, angel wise, I think Sean Fingers would probably be the first one that popped. He's the first one that popped in my mind um, when that right. when I read that question. That's a good one. Um, not my answer, but I mean, okay. I've been thinking about it. I should have said some. What, what about you, Chris? Come on, you answer this one. No, it's fine, guys. Come on. Uh, this is a tough one. I mean, I would say, like, even like, I don't know, if you're in, if you follow the Angels somewhat, you would know Sean Figgins. Not, a, not at like, you know, like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah saying we're like, not rolling a jersey around. Right. Yeah. Figgins exactly. on the back. Uh-huh. They, they made him. They made him for sure. Um, but how you many know, people like, now, like, if he shows up at one of these signings, how many people now are going to know? Who that is? True, that's that, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. You gotta be pretty hardcore. Yeah, true. I don't know. Like you know, a player that just kind of popped in my mind out of nowhere was Jeff Devanin. Yeah, I don't okay. know why that guy had some pop in his okay, bat. Yeah. If you remember yeah, him, cycle. back like 2000, you know, four or five mm-hmm. that time. But okay. uh, I thought Jeff Devanin was kind of kind of a cool player. I wish he had a little bit more success in you know in the league, but. I don't know. That's no, that's not, bad. that's not bad. I was like Gary Sarcina growing up. Oh, yeah. I Gary, thought yeah. he was a pretty solid, you know, yeah. stay at shortstop. But uh, I don't know. Okay. I know. Oh, I know who you got though. Really? Yeah. I already, I already made my okay, guess let's about go. you. I what already is got it, it. Then what is it? No, 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 Chris. Here, what here, is it? Here, I'm gonna write it down right now, okay. and then he's gonna say it. I don't know. I don't know. It depends. I don't know. Because I got somebody. I got two people in my head, and. Uh, All right. What is it? He wrote it down. <laughs> So I got I got two people in my head and and I'm Chris knows I think Daniel knows that I'm I love like no name people like no name players. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think Chris is betting on that right now. Um, I love no name players and one guy that stood out to me a lot and I don't know why was Renee Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 ding! Yeah, hold on, wait 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 for it wait for it. Yeah, all right, we got it. <laughs> Um, he legit wrote it down. Renee Gonzalez is a guy who, like, no one would know unless you're a hardcore Angel fan. Um, he was uh, an actual – he was a Orioles prospect, but 
unfortunate for him, there was a guy named Cal Ripken. Who's that guy? And then he ended up moving over to third base. And so, and, and Rene Gonzalez actually liked the number eight. I think he wore the number eight all through minor league system. So when he went to the Orioles, he had to use number 88. And then he stuck with that number when he came to the Angels. He had two stints with the Angels. He wasn't, if you look at his stats, he was terrible. But for whatever reason, I love the guy. So that, that's one of my guys. The other guy is Luis Polonia. Um, Luis Polonia was like the leadoff hitter for the Angels in the early, probably I would say 90 through like 92. And he led the league, I think, two or three years um, in stolen bases. I think he averaged like 50 to 60 stolen bases per season. And he was a hell of a little hitter. Um, great player. He ended up winning a world championship, I think, with the Braves and the Yankees. So Luis Polonia, Rene Gonzalez, and like another guy just for honorable mention, I think. I always like Benji Gill at second yeah, base okay. uh, for that 2002 World Championship Angels team. Yeah, I, I was yeah someone yeah. yeah, but I just like I said the first when I read that I don't know why but the first Sean person Figgins. I just thought that's perfect. Sean that's yeah. a great answer. There's yeah. a lot on that 2002 team too, like Sean Figgins was Sean there. Figgins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, and I, I kind of took it as now like right. people now Jose he, Molina is another guy. Right. Yeah, but I think. Well, Jose's part of the staff now, so that name right. kind of renders. Right, right. People will will know who that is just because of the name, and, and it's connected to the um, connected to the Angels now. So, okay. um, yeah, definitely. Sweet. Uh, let's keep moving on here. More that was Angels. a great. That was a great question there, Duncan Healy, Alaskan. Um, Alaskan. The, yeah, the next one comes from Jason Greenbaum. He's new, isn't he? I, I believe so. I don't I think, think he's, he's ever new, emailed yeah. us. He said, "Hello there. What do you guys? Um, what do you?" I think he said, what do you see about the Angels? What do you think, maybe? What do you think about the Angels' depth this season heading into spring training? Do you think they're still in the mix for possibly picking up another starter or possibly reliever? I'm not expecting any world beaters. I I mean, if something lands on their lap and they like it and it's not. Yeah. No. No. Um, I'm more of a, like, they might pick up, like, a Gio Gonzalez or some type of that pitcher if it's there. If it's there. But not. They're not going right. to go after it. And they did today. I mean, there's always a yeah. there's always a chance. I mean, there's not going to be someone that is going to break camp with the team. It's going to be one of those guys that get brought up, and then if he has a good year, you're like, oh wow, where did this guy come from? And then you're going to look it up, and it's going to be like, oh, they signed him a couple days before spring training. Um, I don't think there's anyone out there that they'll sign that's going to be like, he's going to have a major factor or a, a solidified role in the in the bullpen. I think if they sign anyone, it's going to be for depth. I think it's going to be for, um, let's give him a shot and see how, how it pans out. Right. Last email comes from Lauren Codd. She says, spring training is almost here. The guys here at the shop wanted me to thank you guys for reading the question on air. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thank you guys for, you know, emailing in. Great show, by the way. My husband will be in Tempe the weekend you guys will be out there. However, I will be there the week before. Someone has to run the shop. Right. Question this month. Who's the front runner for your opinion at second base? Fletcher? Thank you guys for the show, as always. Well, let's go through. I guess your options would be Fletcher. Fletcher. Um, Renfingo. Renfingo and, and, and Kozer. I think those are your uh-huh. three options. And from everything I'm hearing or seeing right now, it's going to be Fletch. Fletcher mm-hmm. at second and then Kozer at Unless they pick up a third baseman, like maybe a moose, I don't know. I mean, I think, and that's the thing with this, especially Machado for that position. Once mm-hmm. he 
Say he goes to the Phillies. Now, Chicago, that White Sox has been on him and trying to get him. Now they're probably going to go for a Moustakis. Moustakis. So, um, again, and that's going to have to be one of those things where the price has to be right. But Absolutely, I yeah. Right now, I'm thinking you're going to see Fletcher, Fletcher. at second. Um, Cozart at third. third. Now, Rafingo, if he continues having that, if he gets a hot start in AAA uh, and maybe Cozart struggles maybe a little bit, I wouldn't mind seeing kind of a switch there and just kind of see who has the hotter hand when it comes right. to that. Um, and same thing with Ward. If Ward, for whatever reason, comes out and he has a great spring, um, maybe you see Ward at third and then Cozart moves to second. Um, but if I had to take a guess right now without spring training starting or anything like that, I would say Cozart at third. And Fletcher at second with uh, maybe La Stella being that. Um, I think La Stella is, is kind of guaranteed into that utility bench, role. Yeah, bench player utility. Cliff Pennington uh, role, as right, I like to call the it. The guy that can um, one day play third and then two days later second. Play second and second. Yeah. Maybe if Simmons needs a day off, he can play short. Stop, you know? yeah. um, I think he's pretty much, he's that. that's his position. I don't see him as a guy that's really contribute or really going after that starter's position right now. Absolutely. So that was the last email. So again, if you guys want to email the show, it's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Any comments, questions, or concerns for the show, allangelspodcast at gmail.com. I a couple questions on Instagram. The first one is, um, we're on Instagram live right now, Halo underscore Haven. Uh, who is the ace of the Angels of the Halo starting rotation? Again, I, I don't think they have an ace. But no, I mean, if you had a. If you're going to say, okay, who's Skaggs? Going to, if you're going to re- rephrase that question, say, Heaney? who is going to. Who's going to start opening day? If everyone's healthy, who's starting opening day? Heaney. Heaney. I think Heaney is too. Yeah. I think Heaney scags. And, not, and he's not an ace as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. He's just the best pitcher on the Angels. No, no not I, the best pitcher on the Angels. I think he's a guy that they say, here's the ball, take it opening day. Right. I, mean, I, I hate the word ace, to be right. honest with you. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we have an ace on the staff. But um, another one that I saw – on Instagram, and then last question we'll get to is, uh, do you think the Angels will ever retire Garrett Anderson? Um, if they haven't retired number 15 yet, yeah. they're not going to retire 16. But I don't understand what's the holdup. I, I don't understand why not. either. Because it's, it's kind of technically retired because no one's no one's used it no one's used it no since one's used fi- no retired. one's used 15 or 16 right so if if no conger used 16 Congress, yeah. but no one has used number 15 right. and no retire salmon before they retire garrett anderson and they need, i mean and this year might be a good year to do something like that because you always seem to have like a angel hall of fame inductee yeah. but maybe this year because um last year you had the big vlad getting to the hall of fame and everything like that maybe this year i i don't know i don't know anything um but maybe this year we can actually see Hit get retired. Because, I mean, if no one's been using it since you retired, yeah. it's kind of like the unofficial. Right. Why not make it official and just put his name up there where and, I think it, where he deserves and, to be? And Tim Salmon's been retired since 2000. I think 2006 was And he last works year. for the team pretty much. So he's and, always gonna, he's going to be there for the Yeah. And uh, when the Angels signed Dan Heron, uh, he wanted 15. And they told him the number was not available. Available. So it's weird. I don't yeah, know why. I, 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 I mean, out of the O2 team that's not already retired. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't see why not those two guys well, yeah. would be the first one. For then, sure. And I would like to see Percy later. Yeah. Well, for sure. I, like I said, Garrett's not getting his number retired and uh, before Tim Salmon. Right. 15's got to be retired first. Percival. Then it'll be 16. Then it'll be, like you said, Percival. to Percival because the all-time leader and right. Angels all-time leader. So, and like you that. have to recognize that. Yeah. and then Eventually. Hopefully. I mean, he threw the final pitch of, yeah. the, of the O2 World Series. I mean, how... Yeah. And it's not like he was just a random dude. Like you said, all-time yeah. saves leader. So. Yeah. So, 
yeah, it'll eventually get retired, but not not before Tim Salmon. So, anyway, thank you guys again. We'll we always post, um, you know, on our Instagram that we'll be, uh, you know, we'll start posting this on our Instagram or answer your questions. But another thing that rose a lot of controversy, I call it Hatgate. Hatgate. Hatgate 2019. And we have all the hats here, or not right. all the hats, but the last four years. Dan posted the picture on the Halo Haven. I'm a hat whore. Yeah, actually, he's a hashtag cool patch bro. Yeah. Um, but the spring training hats and 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 I you know the angels, I, they're just so non-original when it comes to the hats. Um, every team has for spring training a like a, a, a what would you call it? A, what do you call that? Alternate. alternate, an alternate hat. The Dodgers have the Dodger D on there. The Rockies the have that mountain with the Colorado symbol Flag, in the middle. Yeah. Um, the Royals have the crown, and a lot of people are saying, "Well, the Angels don't have a mascot, the Rally Monkey." Do you really want a Rally Monkey on the hat? No, but the Angels have. <laughs> Chris like, loves it. If you guys are watching it on Instagram, why not put this on their hat that they use on the field? A cactus with a halo over it, something like original. They don't. It's all red. Something and that needs blue. to be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. It's the so, same design every year. Different patch. Again, we're on Instagram Live, so yeah, if you guys want to uh, see it. So we're looking. Uh, the one I'm showing right now is this year's patch, and and that's pretty much the only difference between the hats. Um, last year they went to this weird material. Mm-hmm. What, how would you describe the material? It's like John? not quite clothy. It's not cloth. It's like you have the, the Under Armour shirt. Yeah, kind of, but a little I mean? rougher. Yeah, a little, a little thicker maybe. Yeah, um, but yeah, they seem to go right back to the cloth, and the cloth is the or the cloth one is even a little bit different than has a kind of like a honeycomb yeah. design on it. But um, yeah, I mean, I I have every year. Um, whether my wife likes it or not, I get I get the spring training hat and the all star hat every year, and then probably like a couple other hats throughout the year. Like last year, I got the um, the camouflage one and, mm-hmm. and some from sixty sixers. But anyways, um, for this one, it's just a regular cactus on the patch of the home base. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is that it doesn't have the year. So yeah, and weird. so like in five years when I when I pull it out, I'm gonna be like, oh, well, you know, wait, what year was this again? Yeah. So maybe under the brim, I'll have to write down the year since it's not on there, but. All the other patches, I like the patches. I mean, you have the one from uh, 2016 that was like the road, mm-hmm. the interstate sign. Um, same thing with 17, just, just just a different color. And then the one from last year, um, you have the home home base design with the AZ on it. So, um, again, it, it, made, it had a lot more traction than I thought it was going to have. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, but... Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, in prior years, I don't know if you guys remember the Angels, and somebody had mentioned it on our Instagram. They said, "What if they just reverse the color, the bill?" Even something simple, simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Navy blue hat with the red bill, and that they used that in spring training. I think from like 2002 through like 2004 or five, and then around six and seven, they went to this style hat with the red with the blue bill, or is it black? The really dark blue. It's I a think dark blue, almost black, but yeah. Um, I would like it if they just reversed the color, man. That, w- that would make a world of difference. Right, or even go like a gray, like your hat. Go with yeah. a gray. Like, yeah, it, it's just there's so many different things they can do with it that you're kind of disappointed that when it comes out and it's the same thing every year. I mean, you have Detroit has four different hats. They have the, the their traditional D that their normal hat's going to be with different colors, and then they have two uh, with the actual lion head. Tiger um, head? The tiger head, sorry, whatever. Um, <laughs> Lion, tiger, whatever. Um, but one of them is their blue, and one of them I think is their like the orange color, yeah. or whatever. So I mean, there's so many different things they were are able to do that they just haven't. So angels just don't they don't knock out the merch like other teams, and it's right. a little frustrating. But whatever, it is what it is. I and I will buy them. the All Star hat still. Yeah, of course, because that's the only time we get something different. 
Right. I don't blame the, you. Because the All-Stars are... Maybe yeah. at that time, I'll, I'll buy the hat and we'll have this whole discussion about the last um, X amount of years of... Uh, All-Star hats. All-Star hats, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for the show. Let's see. Oh, well, we got some dates, right? Yeah, pretty dates. Good. They used to look out for... Days two. Oh, hold uh, on, hold on. Here we go. Oh wait, we gotta get the curators. Uh, Sorry, I had to jump on. I think we, we I think we'd be a little bit remiss if we didn't talk about the recent passings. Uh, yesterday, we lost Frank Robinson, uh, first African American manager in MLB history. Um, played on the Angels from seventy three and seventy four seasons. Uh, you know, his time as an Angel wasn't like you know extremely notable, but. Um, yeah, just a loss for the game in general. Even had a kid at the high school I work at came up to me and said, hey, we lost Frank Robinson. That's how I learned of the news. And so I thought that was cool that even the youth kind of respected that. Um, also lost Eli Gerba, the first angel. Um, he was actually a friend of Halo Haven. Uh, he died a few weeks ago. Um, kind of sad about that passing, even though he was older. Um, Chris got to know has, him really yeah, well. Yeah, I got to know him, talked to him on the phone. He, uh, you know, he um, wrote a book a few years back, The Fallen Angel. Talks about you know his time in the big leagues um, and just his struggles with addiction. But he, uh, he was a very cool guy. We never got an interview, which we were supposed to. We never did it. So I guess my my message in life is do things when they're when they're present and just go for it. So um, so you don't regret that. But um, yeah, sad day for um, some notable halos um, in our history. So yeah, definitely something that uh, kind of shook the MLB world yesterday. Because yeah. I mean, uh, I'm talking about uh, Frank Robinson. Frank Robinson. Yeah. Uh, Two time MVP, one in each league, which is the only yeah, guy yeah. still to ever do that, and then the first black manager in, in baseball. Which is funny too. I started watching these watch the stories about him. Back then, as a player manager, and you're like, yeah. "What?" It's like, "Oh yeah, his first cool. his first game as a quote unquote manager, he hits a home run." Cool fact too: his first game as an angel, he hit a home run. His first at bat as an angel, he hit a home run. So. The only time I ever saw Frank Robinson like at a game was when the Angels were in. They had an interleague game when interleague kind of took off against the Nationals. Brendan Donnelly was going to his glove, and he saw oh, some yeah. substance. I, that. I was up in the cheap seats, and uh, they got an argument. Jose Guillen was in there. Sosha, there. Sosha was about to throw down. Yeah, like he was trying to get a you know his pizza delivery or whatever it may be. <laughs> but um, yeah, league. Frank Robinson stood his ground, and he was you know in his early seventies at that time. So I, yeah, I kind of respect that fact, even though he was on the opposing team. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, tough news, but yeah, you're right. That's why he's a curator, man. So, yep. um, got a couple of dates. Yep. Spring training dates, dates to look forward to. February 13th, pitchers and catchers. That's less than a week from when we're recording this. Uh, position players, February 18th. So, a uh, handful of days afterwards. And then we kick off February 23rd. First game. First uh, spring training game. Um, I think they're playing San Francisco. So I'm sure it'll be on Fox Sports and yeah, I think Fox Sports it. is going to have the yeah, like, all like 95 percent yeah. of the games on there. Um, you know, I guess, I guess when they do a split squad, you're not going to be able to right. televise both, but they're majority going to be up there. And then for people that uh, again, <clears throat> we're going to be out there March 15th through the 17th. Um, so that weekend, come on by, email us if you're going to be out there. We'll try to you know tell you guys where we're at and stuff like that. Um, one more thing too to get into. Um, People, this is the type of the time of the year where we will get people asking, "When are we going to see the bus? When are we going? Or where can we see the bus? Or you know, when's the bus going to make a, a <laughs> make a uh, appearance?" Um, I guess the very first appearance this baseball season is going to be um, March 9th at in Riverside. So for us, 
we're local guys. We are, we are based out of Riverside. So um, the Junior League of Riverside is going to have a what they call a truckapalooza, which is pretty much like a touch-a-truck. If you guys ever seen a touch-a-truck, the same concept will be out there. I mean, you'll have fire trucks. You'll have uh, cop cars. You'll have a bunch of things out there that um, for kids would be great to walk up and see and, and see really closely. But um, we will be there. The bus will be there. Chris, John, and myself will be there. Um, and it's just a great event for kids and everything like that. So, again, it's Saturday, March 9th, um, 2019, 11 to 3 o'clock. We will, again, probably have a podcast before that, but we kind of want to put it out there now so we can, um, you know, get you guys, especially if you guys are local, especially if you guys are from Riverside, San Bernardino, um, Grand Terrace, that general area, um, come by. I mean, it's it's we are going to be on Mission Inn Boulevard right in front of the Mission Inn. So for anyone that knows the area, um, maybe you come out the Festival of Lights, you know exactly where that's at. We're in the smack dab of downtown Riverside. I actually have another date that <laughs> the bus oh, is yeah, going to yeah, be yeah, at before. I don't think I told you about this. Nope, uh, we are going to be at Orange Crust Little League. Pony, actually, it's actually Pony League. Yeah, Pony League. Pony League's uh, opening day ceremonies. Uh, apparently, uh, opening day ceremonies from Little League or Pony League have, like, graduated to a new level yeah, where yeah, they have like food trucks yeah. they have to pull permits yeah so it's going to be a pretty big ordeal and that's going to be at andoka park uh which is located off like chicago um like canyon crest area in riverside so right by jason going to be supporting the 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 youth uh there and then we're going to be in front of the the mission end so uh we're honored to be part of both of those events so yeah definitely keep a lookout on our instagram and twitter we'll be posting stuff as we get information more information about it um halo underscore haven but again so uh we have a couple we have a couple opportunities to see the the bus in action come by see us uh we'd like to you know meet some of the listeners that'd be that'd be something awesome for sure and and just a shout out um i think his name is kyle he asked a question about the possibility of Angels building a new stadium. We were talking about that off air. That's a whole other topic that we won't get into. This email us the question yeah. for next next month. Email email it. So us. we will definitely remember it because yeah. we're getting short on time yeah. right now. But that's definitely a good question. allangelspodcast at gmail That's allangelspodcast at gmail And you can you know comments, questions, or concerns on there. But please send us that question because we were talking about that off the mic when the Brandon Marsh interview was going on. So thank you guys again for listening. Thank you guys for the emails. Thank you guys for tuning in and and following us on Instagram, again, Twitter, all that stuff. We'll catch you guys next show. It's probably going to be early March, early March, and we hope to have Trent Rush on the show. He'll be out there the uh, first week of spring training, and he'll give us some insight of what he sees. So, Definitely. All right, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. You've listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Johnny Mags. I'm Dan Garcia. Thank you for listening. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. 
Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.